So I know most of us have been inspired by the actions of the truckers in Canada. And I'm going to ask us to take that inspiration and apply it to something that is equal in importance to stopping the injection diktats. And that is stopping the party from sexualizing children. And I'll make the case and I'll prove the case that is very much their design. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Times of universal deceit, speaking the truth is an act of bravery. And honking the truth is an act of beauty. Man, uh, my wife is deeply concerned about people turning on the truckers when supplies become unavailable in Canada. She's deeply concerned about the party's ability to say, well, it's the truckers who caused this. And it's very much like the party to do things like that. I was over the weekend uh, reading um, an article about, it said Spotify's Joe Rogan problem. Why is it the Joe Rogan problem? Why is Spotify's problem not a bunch of of, uh, artists who have have no real concern about what Joe Rogan says? They only have concern that it violates the narrative that they have fallen victim to. So why is it not Spotify's um, uh, uninformed, illiterate artist problem? And I'm sure that the party is going to turn and try to blame the truckers for supply chain problems. That would be very much like the party when, in fact, the the truckers are simply saying, you're going to already cause the problems when you don't let us travel across the border because we would not take your injections. And I saw this moment of apparently a judge in Ottawa has invented the crime of honking a horn. Oh, incidentally, (laughs) apparently Facebook now says it is against community standards to to type the word honk. Uh, Joseph Paul Watson got got another Facebook suspension because his post contained the word honk, H-O-N-K. He could have been speaking of Canadian geese. And I saw this clip. This judge invented the, the, the crime of honking, and it brought to mind the schools. And it brought to mind Hollywood and what's, what the party is doing to kids. Because it's an equally important thing to blockade the schools and to out the schools and to surround the schools. But it's not just the schools that are sexualizing children. The fact of the matter is the party wants children to be changed beings. The party does not want children to grow up in any normal sense. They want to shatter their minds. And that's a big thing to say. And it's, in my judgment, circumstantially, it's, it's proven that they're, they're, they want to sexualize kids. That's not in question. We'll prove that. But if you look at the other things being done to kids, it seems that they want to shatter their minds. I had a, a meeting today with a gentleman who's a father 
like I'm a father. He is the fifth man I talked to this week who, when we got to talking about our kids, had the same experience with girls growing up in this era. His girls also were suicidal. His girls also cut. Just as all these other fathers. And worse for this girl, far worse things happened. And there's a darkness and a sickness to raising children. And and then there's the light of this rebellion in Canada. If someone had made the comparison, and it's it's interesting, that biblically, of course, there was a time where uh, Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. How'd that happen? With horns surrounding a city. Now, I don't know that it's God's intent that Ottawa fall to the ground, but it is quite clearly God's intent to separate the world. It is quite clearly God's intent to allow the world to be separated into people who will follow Babylon and anything Babylon says, no matter how it violates the word of God and sexualizing children violates the word of God in every possible conceivable way. Well, the word of the Christian God, in other words, God. I listened to this and I watched this honk horning or horn honking. And I'm aware that a judge up there apparently has invented the crime of honking horns. And, and I want you to hear this for all its immediate satisfaction because it is satisfying to see this. But then also to imagine what goes on in the schools and I'll make the case that the party is purposely sexualizing children. I'll make the case that these, these there's, have yet more talk from these, these pedophiles. Well, they'll say they're not pedophiles because they don't act on it. They just they just cheer each other on. Well, and, and we'll get to more of that. But listen now to these, this, these horns honking in Ottawa as this judge has thought he would outlaw the honking of horns. There have been arrests. There's a video of a guy who honked his horn and refused to show ID, thrown up against the car and is arrested. So the crackdown's coming. Here it is. It's cold. It's everybody's breath is showing steam. I think it was 14 degrees when this was filmed. There's a woman you'll start to hear speak here in a second. She's on the back. She's on a, a trailer of a semi. Sometimes it's frustration. What's important right now is we all make our voices heard. Making your voice heard takes many forms. It might be speaking at a rally. It might be listening to someone speak at a rally and expressing yourself through your applause and appreciation. It might be holding a sign. It might be banging a drum. It might be honking a horn. What's important right now is you make your voices heard. What's important right now is you make your voices heard. What's important right now is you make your voices heard. It is a radical thing that I propose, and I've been proposing it for quite some time. I want us to make a pledge 
together that we will be calling the police on any teacher who dares to teach pleasure-based sex ed, so-called, to kids. Let the cops sort it out. Most states still have on their books laws against presenting sexual material to children. Most states are not going to go through the process of changing those laws. That is the case in, in the separate country of Washington. It is still, the revised code of Washington is still very clear. You don't get to, to present children with sexual material. And we can let the courts decide if it's for gratification or not. And the reason the, the Dems don't want to do this and the left and the party is because they don't want to admit this is going on. But it is going on. I would like this audience to take a pledge. If you have kids or grandkids or neighbor kids, if you become aware of this going on in the schools and you you are someone who's related to the child, you have standing to call the cops and say, I'm making a police report about someone trying to sexualize a child. Because this is what the party seeks to do. Is to sexualize children. The, the spread of the sex ed that's gone around the schools. There's a link in the, um, in the podcast notes. You can see the actual curriculum. And if you've not seen this before, I encourage you to watch it. This is a video of myself and Maya Espinoza. Maya is a great woman, a mother, uh, a firm, uh, Jesus-believing Catholic. And she's, she's kids. She's an educator. She ran to be boss of government schools. She and I had the, the, the terribly uncomfortable experience of going through together and looking at sex ed uh, curriculum for children. And you could watch the video. You yourself can see what's been circulated. It contained a phrase that, that, that Maya and I didn't recognize. Neither of us could parse it. And then we both figured out at the same time and went, oh, whoa, What? And I remember apologizing, saying, "I've look, I got to apologize. I have no business discussing this with you. She said, we're discussing it together. This is being pressed across the country into all the schools, and it teaches kids that sex feels good. And they have time to figure that out on their own. And God installed in us a sexual desire. And it's a procreative sexual desire. And when it's used appropriately, it's one of the greatest gifts from God. So they're eventually going to figure out, I bet that would feel good. And they're eventually going to come to learn that it feels good and that it's, it's physically pleasurable. So why speed the process up? Well, why, why confuse kids about their gender? Why, why pretend to a little kindergarten kid that doctors don't know if you're a boy or a girl? You're the one who decides. Why do that? Why teach to kids that, that they're white, they're, they're terrible racists? And why teach to, to children of color, so-called, that all their white friends are oppressors. Why teach lies? Why teach sexual pleasure? What could be the end goal? What's the combined result of that? Well, confusion is a big combined result of that. Kids growing up too fast is a big, is a big result of that. The party being the one benevolent parent who says to seventh grade and eighth grade boys, if you want to have orgies at your house, you should be allowed to have orgies at your house. That's a natural thing. Many, many people have group sex. That's part of this curriculum, guys. There is a game described in one of the curriculums. And they're pretending they're just describing the game and the kids talk about the, they talk about 
the morality of the game. It was called this. It was like the senior game. And it was the goal to have a senior in high school have sex upon the youngest body he could find. That was the game. Who can bag the youngster? And this is described in, in the sex ed curriculum. And it's a debatable topic. Is this, is this moral or not? Conning someone to allow you to pleasure yourself sexually using their body when you don't love them, you don't even want to date them, it's just a game, that's debatable. This is in the curriculum. It's that same age where they teach people that, hey, some people like to cut themselves and then have sex in the blood. Some people like to have sex with menstrual blood. It's called blood play. Here's how to do it. Now, you can take, oh, well, Herman, it's just because you are a backward Christian that you believe that sex should be procreative. This, no, I believe sex should be in the realm of marriage. You don't have to have the result be a child every time that you have sex as, as a married couple. That's up to God. But it is not at any point anything to teach someone to have sex of degrading. And this curricula teaches that. In some of the supplemental curricula, and these curricula are, again, being pushed throughout the schools. Some of these supplemental curricula are, my boyfriend likes to choke me during sex. Is that okay? And some of the responses are, well, it's, it's important to have a code word. And it might be uncomfortable the first few times, but, but try it again and see if you like it then. My boyfriend wants to try anal sex. We tried it once and it hurt. Should I do it again? Well, a lot of times the first time hurts, but try it again and see if it feels better. And, and if he really, really likes it, maybe it's something you do for him. And maybe it's not your favorite thing, but maybe it's something you do for him. In, in every circumstance, the, the, the girl, the, the, in, to the degree that girls exist, are put into this role of you're there to serve the male need. They, they go so far as to state that porn is good for kids. It is a good idea to get addicted to something that only leads you down a rabbit hole of having to need of needing more and more obscene versions of this. No, I'm not kidding. One of the women who advises the dictator of the separate country of Washington put out an email from a group that said watching porn is good specifically for sexually mar- or for, for or traditionally marginalized peoples. There you go. Throw in the buzzword, social justice buzzword. All of a sudden now it's an issue of race. That, yeah, the black kids should watch the porn and become addicted to that. And what that does, it's a self-repeating cycle. For folks who are not aware of what is going on with girls and sexuality, girls by the age of, you know, seventh grade are going to have seen hundreds of pictures of penises. Because this is what you do. You send, you send these, these, you know, little snap grab, uh, you know, Snapchat pictures of your, of your genitalia. They will have been asked multiple times, send me nudes, send me nudes. They will have been asked this and demanded of this. In other words, they're treated as sexual objects. Do you remember when you were a young woman and when your body changed and all of a sudden you went from a cute little girl to people treating you as a sexual object? How about that happening in fifth grade? How about teachers treating you as a sexual object in kindergarten? These are organized, pushed curricula. And guess who's behind them? Planned Parenthood, which benefits through abortions. 
Planned Parenthood who are glamorizing sexually transmitted infections, STIs and STDs. They have an ad campaign that said, shout your STI. It's very, very natural to have sexually transmitted infections and diseases. Who benefits? Big Pharma. The kids are stuck taking pills for the rest of their lives. And they glamorize these things. The World Health Organization pushes this into the schools everywhere, but China, which doesn't have this push. The National Institute of Health pushes this. Who's in the pockets of who? Big Pharma owns the National Institute of Health. They own the CDC that pushes this stuff. The goal of the party is to sexualize children. Every activity proves it. Now, that's just the kids. Well, no, let me get to this. The boss of the government schools in the separate country of Washington is a guy I firmly believe is a very, very, very dangerous pervert. His name is Chris Reichdahl. Here's how I defend him being a pervert. Well, I don't, I don't defend him, but here's how I defend my opinion of him as a pervert. This guy obsessed with forcing this indoctrination into kids' heads and, and bodies for two years, he, he sweatily went around the halls of Olympia, Washington, pushing this stuff into the classrooms, obsessed with it. And then he lied and it didn't exist. And, oh, there's no real curriculum. He's also a, a habitual liar. He just recently posted a little picture of himself on Facebook with one of those little circle things. Oh, let's see. We've got here climate change. And science is real. Black lives matter. No human is um, no human being is illegal. All genders are whole, holy, and good. All genders. Holy. Well, no, actually, there are two sexes, man and woman, and that, that a holy interpretation of that is there's only two. And he knows what he's doing when he says all genders. But that's not the worst part. But far from it. This guy is sending to seventh graders questions about what gender are you today, even if it's not the one you were born with? No, that's an impossibility, physical impossibility. That's not the worst of it. How about asking seventh grade kids, what is your sexual preference? And gathering this into a database. Again, this is a self-replicating dynamic. Kids are under enormous pressure to not be straight. Straight is uninteresting. Straight is part of the oppressive class. Kids are taught from the very beginning with their teachers and bullying at school. Sometimes that's one and the same. That to be straight is to be boring and irrelevant and oppressive. To be anything other than straight is brave and stunning. You know what else it does? It gives you magic immunity to being bullied. Because you're part of the protected class. The teachers can't tell you what to do. Get into college. Get your brave and stunning story. So why would adults do this? I mean, yeah, they're getting paid to do it. But why would adults line up behind something like this? Well, if only there was a motivation. If only there was a motivation. 
Man, it's sort of a heavy topic. Bit that. Heavy times. There's a lot of my listeners who are wondering about early retirement because of the COVID diktats and the injection diktats that companies continue to push. Major corporations, they're not, a lot of them aren't giving up on this stuff. So our friend Zach Abraham, who is the chief investment officer of Bulwark Capital Management, incidentally, his wife is the chief operating officer, man and wife team. I love that. Zach had some folks come to him from a major corporation in the separate country of Washington State, specifically Boeing. And they were asking, hey, is there any chance I could use my VLO early retirement and get out because they didn't want to give in to the injection diktat? Now, most people, when you you hear retirement, it, it may well give you fits of fear because you don't know if you're going to be able to retire, if so, when, and what that's going to look like. Likewise, with the people who called Zach Abraham from uh, Bulwark Capital Management and said, man, I just wonder if I could retire. Well, Zach talked to them. Most didn't think they were able to retire, but it turned out that more than half of them found out they actually could. Because Zach ran the numbers and then is able to show them, look, here's the thing that we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on risk management. That's what Bulwark Capital Management is about. It's about risk management. Now, looking to increase gains, absolutely, but risk management is their focus. So Zach has the experience to guide you through the numbers to determine when you can retire. So don't you want to know? You don't know when you can retire, right? Call Zach now and find out. 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Or go to knowyourriskradio.com. It's important to remember that investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. The, the, the reason that adults would do these things are various and many. There are There is the motivation of money, Planned Parenthood, the motivation of power, the party, the, the, the political operatives within the party, the motivation of tearing the country down so they can rebuild it in their own image. This is the motivation of people operating in the deep state like the National Institute of Health, like the CDC, tear it down. They're also financially incentivized from the big pharma companies. They're, they're business partners. That should be clear to everybody. There's tech and a lot of these guys and, and men and women in tech are just straight out of academia where they were taught that the only true openness is to accept all and any activity that anybody wants to do unless that activity in any way, shape, matter, idea, faction, or form is a traditional activity. Then you're being an oppressor. They're, they're victims. They're mental victims. You have teachers who are doing what they're told. Some of them keeping their heads down. Some of them have been washed into this and have grown to believe this. And it comes with this phrase, of course, tolerance and acceptance. Tolerance and acceptance of what? Anything sexual. Because people have taken such a beating for saying things like, well, you know what? I can love you and disagree with your sexual choices. And this is so very, 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 very easy to test. Very few people are going to wear a t-shirt that says, shout your adultery. I'm an adulterer. Very few people are going to, are, you know, going to, to, to broadcast that. Or I have weird bedroom habits and here's what they are. Very, people are going to, very few people are going to broadcast that. Very, and there are people who do, but very few people are going to. Because, of course, it's something that you keep hidden. Because it's something of which you're ashamed, and rightly so, in the case of adultery, etc., 
But the tables turn when it is anything that is non-traditional because people have been beaten about the head and shoulders for having any any form of preference for um, the, the fact that we're a heteronormative species. That's 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 verboten. Like people who identify as gay wouldn't exist without a heteronormative sex act. It wouldn't have happened. And the party wants to change that, of course. They, they want to take that away. But there's another motivation. And that is the motivation to be seen as the provider of all kindness, of all openness. And then there's money, again, wrapped up into this. But what's truly behind this, as I see it, is a spiritual battle. Satan very rarely comes out and says, hey, how you doing? I'm Satan, and I'm here to disrupt your kids, destroy your family life. This is the original unit God created Man and wife and then kids. It's the original family unit God designed. I hate it because I hate humanity. I want to tear it apart. And by the way, did I mention I'm Satan? He doesn't do that. He so often wraps himself up in the good instincts of others and then twists it because Satan can't make anything. So he twists things. And the Bible on all of this stuff is so clear. Matthew 18, 10, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you, there are um, angels in heaven always see the face of my father in heaven. And then, of course, you're very familiar with the fact that the Jesus, Lord Jesus said, it would, uh, if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their necks and to be drowned in the, in the, the depths of the seas. We've quoted that multiple times here because the theme continues to return. But it is Satan who came in the garden as the protector, right? I'm here to protect you. God lied. Surely you won't die if you eat from the tree of knowledge. Surely, surely not. And Adam and Eve didn't even know what death was. They'd never encountered it. They'd never seen death. They had no idea what it was. And instead of asking God, hey, by the way, what is death? And hey, this snake came to us and the snake said, and, and, and the Lord would have said, oh, well, the, you know, the, here's who the snake is and probably would have explained it to them. But no, they took their own wisdom and applied it. And there's a spiritual quotient to this. It is inescapable to me. The same entity that hates the human body, it hates the human form because God loved the human form more than he loved him more than he loves Satan, that same entity wants to see it degraded, wants to see the sex act, which is the only time we as human beings get to imitate God and be holy about it. We are helping with the creation of life. We're tools in that through God's will that we are involved in his creation of life. We are simply at that point, the vessels through which it is done, but we get to participate in that. And certainly that's why God put sexual pleasure and made sexual pleasure a part of the experience. So that we have in this a desire to do this. So Satan hides himself in this stuff and creates then this dynamic where, well, if you judge anybody else, well, then then you are you are bigoted and hated and hate filled. And it gets all these dynamics a place to play. Planned Parenthood can hide their desire to kill babies for money and to sell STDs and to sell wrong sex hormones. They can hide that desire for money in their supposed desire for justice and self-expression. And the, the operatives within the deep state who want America 
thrust to the bottom, face rubbed in the dirt so they can remake America in what they want America to be. They're quite aware of the fact that breaking up the family and creating angry little sex bots of kids is going to make those children easier to control for the rest of their lives because they're going to be led around by their their, their, their libidos. Their sex drive, their need for wrong sex hormones to maintain the illusion of being a man when they're actually a woman. They're going to need the SCDs drugs. They, they, can, they can see these pieces coming together. Pharma sees this. Oh my goodness, think of the profits we'll have when there's people who have to take drugs for the rest of their life so they don't develop, develop ocular syphilis and go blind or, or neurosyphilis and, and get a brain infection from syphilis. Think of the beauty of this for them. Hey, if you don't take your anti-syphilis drugs, your brain's going to swell up and you're going to die. No, but big pharma, nah, they come on. Nah, they'd never do that. That's mean. They would never do anything mean. Not big pharma. And academia gets to set themselves up as the smart ones who looked at God's design and scoffed. Which is how you get people like Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom has decided to sign into law a bill that will make life far easier for pedophiles. This comes on the heels of Gavin Newsom announcing that he intends, this came before announcing that he, this was in September of 2020, he did this. That Gavin Newsom did that signed into bill a law that, on, that give judges greater discretion to decide whether adults who commit sodomy with minors should be placed on California's sex offender registry. So he does this in September. Proving again he's a true champion for the LGBTQ community, even when it's hard, Governor Newsom signed SB 145, ending discrimination against LGBTQ young people on California's sex offender registry. Right. It's the young people who are being protected not the pedophiles. And by the way, are we to believe that gay kids want to have sex with adults, period? So he does this in September, but then he comes around and does something else on the heels of the Texas law and the other laws that are attempts to ban abortion or in the case of Texas, make it easier to sue abortion providers. He does something else. And it's just continuing to make the case that the Democrats, the party, wants to sexualize children. Is your business getting the respect it deserves from Google? Here's a quick way to find out. Go do a Google search. Go do a Google search for your business or your organization and see what comes up. Now, if there are people buying ads, organization buying ads, you can count that as things. Most people don't know those are ads. Page down. Do you have to scroll very far to find your business? Worse, do you have to reload the page? If you're searching for your business name and you have to reload the page or go to this, you know, page two, you're in big trouble. Because most people will not take the time to do that. People are into instant gratification, particularly if they're searching around for things like, uh, let's say, sporting goods store near me. Now, if you're not getting the respect you should have for your business, my friend Dave the Digital at GreenhavenInteractive.com can help you with that. Dave is a Christian conservative, very successful decades in the tech business. He's an expert at search engine optimization. This simply means 
that Dave will optimize your website to be read and indexed properly by Google. And Dave works very legitimately. No, there's no, there's no skullduggery, nothing underhanded. He works at making sure that you get link authority and that you have the correct content formation, the correct amounts of content, the, the, the proper types of link, that your name is consistent around the web, which often results in you getting up to that first page result. And in this case, instead of paying for Google ads, which a lot of people do when their search engine results are bad, they give Google money. Now, in this case, you do the contract with Dave the Digital at GreenhavenInteractive.com. He and his team go about correcting this for you. And in many cases, it makes your website easier to use for human beings as well. So here's how to get in touch. Just go to GreenhavenInteractive.com. That's GreenhavenInteractive.com. So in September, Gavin Newsom did this thing where he decided it's very, very important that men who want to gratify themselves using the bodies of young people, of children... That they, that they have an opportunity to have a judge reduce the sentence. And this is pitched as, this is pro-LGBTQ. Now, if I were to come along and say, wow, a whole bunch of gay people like to have sex with kids, I would be in trouble. Gavin Newsom's not in trouble for, for signing a bill that indicates he believes that. So there's all sorts of motivations in that case. And it all wraps right back over into the party and it all goes upstream from there. We've gone through school children and high schools. We've gone through legislation. And now we get to the tip of the spear. We get to people who are ultimately doing, playing their role within this dynamic. We get to the academics. So we've got pharma, we've got media, we've got tech. Well, tech, let me go to tech. So anytime they want to, YouTube can stop the, the proliferation of porn and proliferation of men who, who use YouTube to go look at sexually suggested pictures of kids. They don't. But anytime they want to, they could do that. Anytime they want to, Google could stop, make it very difficult to find child pornography, but they don't. Anytime they want to, YouTube which is owned by Google, which is owned by Alphabet, could go through and strike down a lot of these gender jacking videos, which con kids into believing they're a different gender, but they don't. Netflix didn't have to sign the series Cuties, which is softcore kitty porn, but they did. The same tech platforms that can't that want Joe Rogan canceled the same tech platforms that want you know people like me kicked off of Twitter and kicked off of Facebook the same tech platforms that kicked Alex Berenson off that kicked off Dr. Robert Malone and Peter McCullough those same tech platforms could in fact group together and say we're not going to do business with Pornhub we're not going to supply them computers hey Pornhub make your own hardware Oracle, uh, IBM, Microsoft, Apple, any of the people selling that stuff can say, hey, you know what? We're not going to license you software. Why? Well, oh, no, no, no. That's a free speech issue, Herman. That stuff's a free speech issue. Is it? Filming, filming prostitution, people getting paid to have sex is free speech. Okay. Um, what about the fact that Pornhub allows child porn to exist on their, on their platforms and has been caught with this? So they'll put up videos of girls being raped in a hotel room. 
that the mother finds because she is obsessive trying to find her kidnapped and sex trafficked daughter. She runs across a video on Snapchat or something says, oh my gosh, I think that's my daughter. She finds the film. It is in fact her daughter who is being raped in a motel room. She tells the FBI they use computer software to identify the motel room. They go arrest the guy. That girl has to write to Pornhub and say, please take down the video of me being raped. And Pornhub says, no, they don't respond. They don't take it down. Finally, she imitates a lawyer and Pornhub takes it down. IBM, Oracle, Microsoft, Apple, they could look at that case and say, you know what? You support child rape. You make money from child rape. We're not selling you this stuff. Backbone providers, internet providers, cloud providers, email providers could come along and say, Pornhub, you support the rape of children. We're not going to support you, but they will not do it. Ask a Republican, a shiny shoe one day, hey, um, about Pornhub, are, are they a good company? Hey, when, when they when they allow rape of children to be on their platforms, what's the Republican response to that? Are you going to come back and say it's a free company and they can do what they want? People can share Pornhub links. They're social. That could be shut down, but they won't do it. So tech is deep into this as well. But now we get to academia. And in the party, we have pharma, media, tech, academia, the deep state. Same actors, different stage. They're on the COVID stage and the gender jacking stage. They're in the critical race theory stage and they're on the sexualizing of children stage. All the same entities. So we get to academia. Just imagine that you were in, let's, 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 I'll give you a real life case. I was once flying to um, Washington, D.C., and I was, because I flew all the time, I got bonus first class. That only matters because it made it easier to see this guy's screen. So I was seated in one C, Alaska Airlines. As you enter the cockpit, or as you enter the plane, that would be on the right-hand side, staring at the cockpit. It's the left-hand side, the seat on the aisle. And this guy was the window seat, so he was one D. Is that right? A, C, D, E. No, he was E. He was, on, he was on the window in the first row. There was no one sitting next to us, so that was an open seat. I watched this guy open his laptop for the whole flight, surfing the Alaska Airlines Wi-Fi, pulling out picture after picture after picture of very young-looking women, barely clothed, saving them to a, to a thumb drive, and then I would watch him periodically go through and clear his cache. And you know what he was clearing his cache with? That is to replace the images. If you go through and look at his web history, you know what he was clearing them with? Pictures of his kids. He was literally going back through and then going click, 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 click. So if you went through and looked at the last 10 things he looked at, it would look like, oh no, on the airplane. No, I was just looking at us. Honey, I was just looking at pictures of us with the kids. So imagine that you're sitting in an airplane and seated next to you are two men. And let's say that they, uh, they come on and they've got, they've got uh, staff bags from a university. So it says, you know, um, it says Northwestern and, and George Washington University. And you hear them talking and they're, they're academics and they've been at a conference and, and they get onto the airplane and you overhear a conversation. 
Now, see, academia, they say, oh, we exist to push boundaries. We exist to, to, to push forward the realm of thought and open ideas. Okay. All right. Let's talk about that. Look, this is one of the shows that... I, I don't know if you could do this in commercial radio. Not with this focus. One of the reasons we took the show private to podcast was to be able to have these conversations with you because these are conversations we have to have. We have got to be able to talk about these things as adults, right? So if you've made it this far through the rough, rough topic matter, my wife told me the other day when I covered this topic, she said, I can't listen. So if you've made it this far, this is clearly important to you. And if it's this important to you, I'm going to guess there are friends for whom this is important. Would you do us the favor of helping us reach our goal of growing the show by 10 times in amount of listeners? Would you send this to 10 of your friends who you think need to know that there is a podcaster who will talk about these things, who knows what's getting done, who knows that this curricula is being pushed? You can show them the videos of me and Maya Espinosa talking about it so that they know they're not alone in this battle. So just take this episode, please email it to 10 friends and tell them why you made it this far through and why it's this important to you. Thank you for that. So let's set the scene. You're on an airplane. You've watched these guys, you know, they're around you, standing in line. You see that they're academics. One has a George Washington University bag and maybe sweatshirt or, you know, Northwestern, whatever. They're from colleges. I'm not saying that these guys are from those specific colleges. They jump on the airplane. Flight takes off. You're at 35,000. Things have settled down. Quiet night. Jet engines aren't too loud. You're enjoying a drink. Maybe you're seated in first class with your wife. Maybe these guys are seated behind you. I think that the conversations from behind you are usually more loud in the airplane. And this is what you hear. I was still the adult <laughs> child sex. That's always a big seller. Oh, yeah. Well, that, I, I, had, um, I had good friends who said, are you crazy? Do not write that book. Man, listen, you're talking to a guy who for 25 years has been making arguments more or less in defense of adult child sex in classrooms. Uh, and I don't, know if the, I don't know if it's the same argument as yours, but I even authored a piece in The Daily Beast in which I called into question the age of consent laws, oh, uh, which is, yeah. you know, and I, I brought to bear the arguments I was making in class. So you hear that on the airplane. Your response is what? No, I mean, not what you think it would be. Consider it for a minute. I know what my response was when I watched that man and realized what he was doing, pulling back up the pictures of he and his family. I felt sick. I felt chills. And I really wanted to know, are those, are you looking at, what you think are teen prostitutes and might in fact be, be sexual sex trafficking victims. Now, as I look about it today and I think about it in the sense of someone who is a Jesus needer and being in the, in the process of being discipled, I, I probably would have gone into a state of prayer. And just as likely now, I probably would have said something to him. I probably would have said something getting off the plane. I probably would have said, I saw the images you were looking at. And you know, those could be girls who've been sex trafficked. You, you, you might be looking at rape victims. Are you okay with that? And I probably should have done that. 
So what do you feel in your gut when you hear those men laughing about this and, and yucking it up and celebrating their bravery and their tolerance and, and their understanding that, come on, just because you sexually gratify yourself using the body of an eight-year-old doesn't make you bad. I look at them as members of the party. I look at them as the result of media, tech, and academia. And they are, in fact, members of academia. I look at them as lost in a spiritual war they don't even recognize. I look at them as captured. I look at them as completely owned by their flesh. I look at them as someone that Satan doesn't need to mess with. Because sadly, without the act of God, they're gone. And then I look at ourselves. And I go back. They're honking horns in Ottawa. And it's a just cause. The injection diktats are immoral. And they're going to prove to be even more deadly. It's traumatized an entire generation of people. And thank goodness, truckers, farmers, and now cowboys are honking their horns outside of Ottawa. And the capital in Quebec. Thank God. Have you been silent? As the party seeks to sexualize children? What are you feeling right now? If you've been silent, are you a parent? Are your kids in these government schools? I'm asking you to take a pledge. I'm asking you to pledge to call the police anytime this trash is introduced to your minors. Do it again and again and again. And again, and demand a police report every time. Pursue it. Go get restraining orders. This specific adult is never allowed within my within 500 feet of my child. Demand these teachers be put on sex offender registries. Along with their principals. Demand it. There's a lot of outcomes that will follow. You'll be called names. And blessed be those who are called names in the name of the king. You'll be threatened. You'll be called anti-gay. Even if it has nothing to do with gayness. People who identify as such. Or you can let it foster and fester and grow. What are you going to do? Today is the day the Lord has made. And these are the times through which God Almighty personally decided you will live and your kids. So what are you going to do? 
This is the Todd Herman Show. We appreciate you sharing it with friends. Now do, please, go be well, be strong, and be kind.